Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekretman. My name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. How's that cup of coffee, David? Uh, much needed this morning. I didn't get much sleep. I'm very tired. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> well, tired, guess what? I got bad news for you. What's the bad news? Our listeners don't care. They don't care. That's they true. want you to tell them everything they need to hear, and that's your responsibility. I feel there's a Hoosiers movie motivational speech right now about no, you, to happen. You already heard it. I heard it. That's I'm done. It. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> You're finished. That's it. Just do it. He's a Nike commercial. We have talked about the concept of the Holy Spirit in the book of Esther, the four manifestations of the Holy Spirit within Esther, and how we see that in divine history. We talked about Hanukkah representing the celebration of God's hiddenness, and we're able to do that because Esther celebrated God's hiddenness, even though it was a time where there was almost a Holocaust that took place. And I'd say even further, not just celebrating God's hiddenness, but seeing God despite his hiddenness, to try and reveal God when he himself is hiding. Thank you very much for that correction, Scott. I know you were very diplomatic right there. I appreciate that. <laughs> I called it going further. You're saying, you mean correct me. <laughs> you, you mean, you're correcting me, Scott. That's fine. That's fine. You know something, David? I have to say that through the 2,000 years of exile, after the destruction of the Second Temple, the concept that Ruach HaKodesh the Holy Spirit, introduced through the book of Esther, that God's hiddenness doesn't mean that God is absent. That is what has kept the Jewish people going, has given us strength through all those years when we were persecuted, didn't have our own land, certainly didn't have our own temple, which we still don't have. We felt like we were being destroyed by everybody and pressed and pushed. And yet we know that despite the fact that God appears absent, behind the mask, he's really there. I think there's a famous story of a child asking his father, where is God? And the father responding, wherever you let him in. That's the famous Rabbi of Kutsk right. who said that. I'll tell you, I have a friend who actually died from leukemia about 20 years ago. And he once said a word of Torah at the Sabbath table, which I've never forgotten. It says in Deuteronomy, the Hebrew words, Haster astir at panai. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 18. I will certainly, surely hide my face. And it has a double word for hidden. Which is the Hebrew word for Esther. Exactly. The double word means, as we translated, I will surely hide my face. But he explicated it slightly differently. He said it's like a father who has a mask on. When the child is scared, when he sees the mask, the father takes the mask off. But this is a double language. I will surely hide, hide, the literal translation. And that's the scary form of being hidden. In the time of exile, which is what that verse in Deuteronomy is talking about, I will hide, hide is like he said, someone who has a mask on. And when the child is scared, he takes off the mask and there's another mask on underneath it. In other words, the super hiddenness, which is not just that if you take off the mask, you can find him, but even after you remove the mask, you still can't see him. Our job as the Jewish people is to look behind even that second mask and say, sometimes it's so hard to see the divine hand. Sometimes it's so difficult to truly believe that God is here. And yet we do. And yet we say, if we look hard enough, if we're willing to go further and take off that second mask, then we'll find God. And that's been the story of the Jewish people's success in continuing to move on throughout 2,000 years of exile and persecution. Just to bring a point out, Esther is the biblical fulfillment of Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 18. 
it's important to point that out. Queen Esther comes from that double wording of hiddenness in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 18. It's amazing what Esther has done. It has changed the course of Jewish history. As you said, that's the Holy Spirit working within the book of Esther and within the Jewish people themselves, introducing this new concept that despite God being hidden, he's not absent. And our job, as you said previously, David, is not just to acknowledge that God is not absent, but to try and show and shed light on the fact that he's really here, to find God and prove and demonstrate that he's here despite the hiddenness. Three years after the Holocaust, which is the most tragic historical moment in modern-day Jewish history, we have the state of Israel, the reborn Israel. It's frankly flabbergasting. We're so used to the fact that this happened. We all know our dates. 1945 was the end of World War II, and with it, the end of the Shoah, the Holocaust. 1948 was the birth of the state of Israel. In those 36 months, fine, that happened. But historians hundreds of years from now will look back. Those who don't remember it, when you live through things, you don't notice it. They're going to look back at that time and say, how could it be that a people which was utterly decimated, a third of the people destroyed, how could it possibly be that They created their own country a mere three years later, a country which became a thriving, democratic, tremendous source of light for the whole world. How could that happen? And you know what, David? It's just like Esther. At the time of Esther, if you were living at the time of Mordecai and Esther and experiencing this attempted extermination of Haman, it probably just felt like modern headlines. This is what happened. And somehow we won, luckily. Only in retrospect, we see it as clear divine intervention despite the hiddenness. I think the same thing's true here. Nowadays, we're so used to the state of Israel being around, it just becomes, that's what it is. In the future, people will look back and say, how did people not see that this was a clear and obvious manifestation of the divine? And I think the establishment of Yom Hatzmaut, Israel's Independence Day, as part of the modern-day holiday on the Jewish calendar, speaks to this point, that despite the darkness surrounding Almost the annihilation of the state of Israel when it was declared. As soon as it was declared, Arab armies invaded and tried to destroy this Jewish community in Israel. And we were victorious. We acknowledged at that point in time there's no way that this was on our own. It had to be through divine revelation, divine hand in history. And because of that, we say Psalms 113 to 118 on Israel's Independence Day to praise God for that amazing, amazing miracle that happened to us in our lifetime. And I think our prayer has to be that in the future, we want to see God despite his hiddenness. But it's even better, perhaps, even more revelatory when there's no hiddenness, when he's not hiding. So now our job is to see God despite the tragedies. But if the tragedies are completely erased and God shows himself with full revelation, then we can celebrate God not in his hiddenness, but in his overt presence, an overt presence which means redemption, which means happiness, which means joy for the entire world and the Jewish people along with them. As a nation state fulfilling God's will in partnership with our Christian brothers and sisters out there who are listening to our podcast, this is in tandem with you, in a partnership with you. We can't do this alone. We're supposed to be a light unto other nations. But who's going to be on the ground to ensure that people will see God's hand in the world. We are mandated to take God out of hiddenness. I'm David Necrotman. I'm Scott Kahn. And blessings from Jerusalem.